Well, hey, Connection Point, I am so excited for this message today. I really think it's a powerful word from God uh, that, that he has given me. Um, and so today we're going to be talking kind of about this just apathy, this uh, 2020 has brought a malaise that has kind of sunk in. In fact, did you know that uh, I read an article, how would you know that I read an article? I'm just now telling you. <laughs> did you know that this year uh, that there have been uh, a rise in burnout uh, this year? And so a lot, of, a lot of people have just been experiencing uh, more burnout. And by burnout, burnout just kind of is you feel unappreciated, you feel disconnected, you feel like you're doing something and it has no value. And that as 2020 has, has gone through this roller coaster, one of the things is our emotions have not really been on as much of a roller coaster. It's kind of been a steady decline into just kind of an apathy of, of almost just a give up. And so today I want to speak to any of you who have been dealing with just this feeling of give up, this feeling of, of burnout or, or, or is just kind of hopelessness. And so if you've experienced burnout there, in fact, right now, I think there's a moment that's going to come. I'd like to know if you've experienced burnout, this message is for you. And I'm, um, before we get going, I just want to remind you, you can always jump on and get some prayer with our host. There's already been a few of you that have taken advantage of this this morning and have prayed with one of our hosts. When you do that, it just goes into a private chat and only you and the host know about it, but it's just an opportunity for us to, to minister to you. So if you're having a hard week or whatever, but Really what I want to do is I want to take us out of this. I want to show you um, how God is going to move us out of this malaise, out of this apathy, because what I want is I want a spiritual fervor in life that's going to last beyond just the good times, beyond just when, when, when something great happens to you, but I want it to be all the time you can know, just as we sang, God is good. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. And uh, one of the things that really kind of gets me energized is a bucket list. And that is, I'm a goal person, so I like a bucket list. And so uh, what I want you to do is I want to start off, I want to hear your bucket list. What is the number one thing on your bucket list? Now, I know several of y'all, I saw y'all on uh, when I was, uh, before I came up here. And so uh, Julie's out and down and I saw you on here. I want to know, Erica, my wife is at, she's watching right now. I want to know what y'all's number one thing on the bucket list. And while y'all type it in the chat, we're going to show, I'm going to show you a video of some people that I asked uh, to, to let me know their number one thing. So y'all watch this quick video. Now we got it. Yeah, I guess my number one thing on my bucket list might be to learn how to use these cameras. But hey, uh, really, this year, the number one thing on my bucket list is to get rid of that. Now that that's done, probably the answer that you want, Joel, might be, I'd like to float the Grand Canyon. Spend a two-week trip floating on the river, the Grand Canyon River, the Colorado River down in the, in the Grand Canyon. That probably is my uh, favorite, so thanks. For one thing on my bucket list is to run and jump on the moon. My number one bucket list item would be backpacking or uh, traveling through Europe with my wife. So uh, I have a lot of things on my bucket list, but the one that I feel like I've brought up the most probably in the last couple of years is I want to meet John Carpenter. Uh, he's one of my favorite directors of all time, real popular in the 80s, and he's getting super old. So I've met a couple of directors uh, that I really love, and he's definitely one that I'd like to meet. A big item on my bucket list to be here, to be able to walk my daughter down the aisle on her wedding day. The number 1.5 thing on my bucket list would be to take two weeks to travel Europe with my husband. I've always wanted to do that. 
And my number one would have to be seeing my son walk or even better run without assistance. Now we got it. Yeah, I guess my number one thing on my bucket list might be to learn how to use these cameras. But... All right, I think we're back with me. All right. John keeps trying to ruin our, I mean, John, you got to figure out technology. You're, you're, you're beginning to upset the service too now. Um, you know, what we're going to talk about today is we're, I'm going to give you three keys to an epic bucket list. But what I think you're going to find is that it's not what you're thinking. Now, on my bucket list, it changes so often, I can't even give you the top one right now because it would be different tomorrow, probably. I've got a lot, but what we're going to learn today is we're going to learn about Solomon's bucket list. As we've been going through Ecclesiastes, we've been kind of following this narrative of, of, of Solomon's life. Now, Solomon, if you know who Solomon uh, was, we've talked about it over the past few weeks. He had accomplished everything. He owned everything he could possibly want. He had actually built cities. He had built national parks. Everything you can think of. He had uh, uh, 700 wives and 300 concubines. He had every fantasy ever wanted fulfilled, but yet he had a bucket list. And what's interesting is we're going to learn a lot about life simply through looking at his bucket list. So we're going to start in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verses 1 through 17 today, or actually I think 18 today. Solomon starts off, or the Koheleth, which means uh, the collector of sayings, starts off, but all this I laid up in my heart, examining it all, how righteous and the wise and their deeds are all in the hand of God. Whether it is love or hate, man does not know. Both are before him. So he's, uh, at this point of writing this, he's, he's older in life. This is, this is not young Solomon who is running off trying to accomplish everything in life and, and sees the world before him. This is a man who now has kind of looked for the meaning of life. He's done a lot of things, experienced a lot of things. And he says, you know what? Really, when I look down, look at it, I see the righteous and the wise that really all of their deeds are in the hand of God. What's interesting about Solomon's perspective later in life seems to be is not that he's trying to live the most awesome life, that he's trying to be good enough for God. His, his relationships instead is it's all in the hand of God. So we're no longer talking about life just under the sun, meaning without God. He, he's, he's kind of moved past that. And he's found there is no meaning without God. So what we think about this, we think that we are either in the hand of God or we are not in the hand of God. We should be living with a faith that, you know, we're going to be as good as we can. We're going to try to follow God as, as best we can. But ultimately, all of our deeds are in the hand of God. It is all up to him. And that's kind of what a Christian thinks. That's what a Christ follower thinks, is that it's not about what we do. It's, we can never earn our way to heaven. We can never be good enough. It is all in the hands of God. That is why we focus on uh, relationship over religion. He goes on in, in verse 2. He says this, It is the same for all. Since the same event happens to the righteous and the wicked, to the good and the evil, to the clean and the unclean, them, to who, him who sacrifices and him who does not sacrifice. As the good one is, so is the sinner. And he who swears as is as he who shuns an oath. This is an evil that is done under the sun. The same event happens to it all. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like, you know what, why am I trying to be good? Why am I trying to, to do the right things? Because we're all, I mean, everything seems to happen. It seems to, to, to not matter if I'm good or if I'm not good. He says, all of the hearts of the children of man are sinful and are full of evil. This is a madness in their hearts while they live. 
And after that, they go to the dead. And here's what Solomon's saying. He's saying, listen, if you are a Christ follower, if you are, for him, if you are in the hand of God, if you are seeking God, you need to quit judging your life by the circumstances of your life, by whether it's good or bad. Because if you look at life, just step back and look at life, you're going to recognize, you know what? Good people have bad things happen to them. Bad people have good things happen to them. And, and ultimately, there are some people who are so evil, but yet they have great things. They live an awesome life. But you know what happens to them? They still die. And Solomon says you need to recognize that instead of trying to live a life that is good enough or a life that, that is free from any bad things, you need to understand no matter what happens in your life, you cannot judge whether or not you are having a, a good life or whether you are a good person by your circumstances. He goes on and says this, but he who is joined with all the living has hope for a living dog is better than a dead lion. That's a, that's a good uh, quote right there. Um, you know, back in the, in the day, a dog was a, a, an unclean animal. A dog was not a house pet. You didn't have little, you know, spot coming up and, and licking your, your face in your house. That would have been unthought of. And sit dead, that would have been a dirty animal. And a, a lion was, you know, a full of, of majesty. But he says, it's better to be a living dog than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. They have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Their love, their hate, their envy have already perished. For they forever have no more in the share that is done under the sun. Now, most of us, when we think about what would be an epic life, what would be the best life, what, where could I find meaning in life? What we say to ourselves, what we think is, you know what, I want to accomplish some awesome things. I want to do some great things. And I want to be as good a person as I can be. I, wa I want to, you know, just accomplish and be a good person. And, and our, the meaning of life for us really a lot of times goes to those things. I want to, I want to do these things. And, and I'm not saying that those things are bad, but Solomon, who has done everything, everything, he basically says, instead of trying to view your, your life by looking at your circumstances and say, you know what, maybe you're having a hard year and you say, you know what, maybe God's mad at me. Maybe, maybe I've got to just try to be a better person or be smarter or accomplish more. Maybe I need new goals. Solomon says, no, listen, you need to, you're thinking wrong. Instead of judging your life by good or bad, you need to judge it by, are you alive or are you dead? Now that's a, that's, a, that's a big thing because he says, if you're dead, you have no hope. But if you are a Christ follower, you need to understand that, that the meaning of life is this. You're alive. It's living. Now that doesn't seem deep, but it, it seems too simple, right? Uh, it reminds me of uh, Matthew McConaughey, just keep living, just keep living, okay? Now, hey, that's a wise saying though, because the, the truth is, that life, Solomon is saying, life is a gift to you and me. And when you're given this gift, it is prepackaged with meaning. And so some of us try to live this life. I want to find the meaning in life, find my purpose in life. And we, we go on this, this epic hunt and we think, you know, maybe I'll try to accomplish great things. Maybe I'll try to, to do great things. And maybe I'll try to be this awesome person who knows everything and does all these things. And what Solomon says is, listen, you are alive there is your meaning. You need to be living your life. You know, it is common for people to say, I want powerful moments. I want a bucket list of powerful moments. I want a bucket list of no regrets. But Solomon says, listen, 
If you are in God's hands, if you are living a life with a relationship with God, every single moment is an epic moment. Is it a gift from God that is packed with meaning? And so many of us forget this. You know, when we look at Solomon's bucket list, he's about to go into his bucket list. And I just want to remind us that he's built great things. Uh, last year in 2019, I got to go to Israel and I went to uh, the Gulf of Aqaba and I swam and snorkeled off of uh, Solomon's port. And this was an island that Solomon had made so that ships could come into this island and they could get away from the waves of the, of, of the Gulf. And that's where when Ethiopia sent a whole bunch of, of timbers and, and, and gold and things to uh, Solomon, they would be received in this port. And what was awesome, it was just this experience of beauty when we were there. And it was just so, I, was, I loved this moment. But I started thinking on a bucket list, what do you get a guy who owns an island? What, what could be on the bucket list of a guy who's made cities, who's built up an entire, he built the temple, for goodness sakes. He's done everything that you or I could ever dream to. What would be on his bucket list? Let's look at verse 7. He says, go, eat your bread with joy, drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already approved what you do. Let your garments always be white. All the mothers with boys say, oh my gosh. <laughs> Let not oil be lacking from your head. Enjoy. Courtney Collins says, amen. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let not your oil be lacking from your head. Enjoy life with a wife whom you love. Now remember, he has 700 wives, but at the end of his life, he kind of rethinks this and he says, you know what, one's probably good enough. Let's just enjoy the one wife. All the days of your hevel life. And I don't like using that word vain because it kind of seems like a negative thing, but he's, he's reminding us, remember, hevel is, is smoke or mist. He's saying, you need to enjoy these things because your life is a mist. It's going to go so quick. It's so, so elusive to try to live this epic life. He says, you need to enjoy the time with your family. Enjoy these meals. And he says, God has given you this life. Understand, now he says under the sun, but now he's saying he has given you this time under the sun. You see the difference between where we started when we're pursuing life under the sun, life on this earth without God, and now he's bringing God into the picture. And that's a big key to, to understanding this. He's saying now God has given you this life under the sun. He's given you these little things, these gifts. He says, because your portion in life and your toil at which you uh, toil under the sun, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol, which is where you are going. In other words, you're going to another life. And in this life, you need to understand it is quick. And so if you're going to make a bucket list, Solomon, who's done everything, he's lived the epic life. He says this, he says, my, my epic life, if I were to look back and say, what is an epic life? It's eating and drinking with my friends. And understand he's talking about feasts and festivals. He's saying, I'm, I would eat and drink good food with good friends. You know what I would do? I would take care of myself. I, I would take some time and I'd wear some nice clothes. I would, I would wash myself. I would keep myself healthy. I'd exercise. I would, have, I, I would be healthy and I would, I would try to love this life. And whatever I did, whatever job I had, even if it was digging ditches, whatever it was, I would do it with all my might. And I would enjoy my work. I would enjoy my play. He's saying every single moment you have 
is a gift. There's, there's not this meaning you have to go that's elusive. It's every single second you've been given is a gift from God that is prepackaged with meaning. Just being in God's hand, your life is a bucket list. That is a powerful, powerful thought. So I'm going to give you uh, three keys from the text on how to uh, have a, an epic bucket list. The first thing I would tell you to do is this, is I would amend your bucket list. I would amend it. I would, now you can keep the big stuff. Let's go, you know, through the Grand Canyon. Let's go backpack, you know, uh, where? Uh, Europe. That's, that's great. Let's go do all those things. But let's also say, hey, I'd like to take my wife on a date this week. You know what I'd like to do? I'd like to play with my kids, uh, you know, this week. I would like to just go out and have some fun with my kids. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take some time for myself. I'm going to go, maybe you do go buy, buy a, um, a, a new piece of uh, clothing, or maybe you just say, I am going to take care of myself today. But I'm going to spend some time and I'm going to enjoy the life that God has given me because I'm in his hands. It's all about my relationship with God. So every moment can be a bucket list. Now, I'm going to take a tangent that you did not know you were going on today. I want to read from you another Mesopotamian uh, poetry from wisdom literature called the um, Enuma Elish, or the Epic of Gilgamesh, okay? Because this is a, a very interesting uh, and fascinating uh, poem or or epic story that coincides with a lot of the biblical stories. It's about a man named Gilgamesh, and he goes on this quest, kind of like the Iliad or something like that, but uh, it has a lot of overlapping things. In fact, one of the things that he encounters, he encounters a man who... uh, who saved the entire world by putting all the animals on a boat. And in fact, he sends out a raven on the last day. If you've ever heard that story, it's also in the Epic of Gilgamesh and the guy's name is not Noah. In fact, he goes and he meets this guy because this guy had been granted an eternal life. And so he wants to find out about eternal life. And this is, I'm going to read this. uh, And this is what you came for. You came for the Mesopotamian poetry. I know that. Okay. I'm going to read this and I'm going to kind of tell you, but you're going to see a similarity between the bucket list of, of Solomon. This is what Gilgamesh says. Gilgamesh, whither rovest thou? The life thou pursuest, thy shall not find when the gods created mankind. He's looking for eternal life and the gods say he's not going to find it. Death for mankind, they set aside life in their own hands retaining. So the gods are going to get to live, but Gilgamesh is going to die. Thou Gilgamesh, let thy belly be full. Make thou merry day by night on each day. Make your feast of rejoicing day and night. Dance thou and play. Let thy garments be sparkling fresh, thy head be washed, bathe thou in water. Pay heed to the little ones that holds into thy hand, onto thy hand, and let thy spouse delight in thy bosom, for this is the task of mankind. It's interesting. Gilgamesh is given the same advice. He's given the same advice as Solomon, but Gilgamesh receives this with a disappointing, a fatalistic view. He's disappointed when they say, listen, you're not going to live forever. So what you need to do is you need to enjoy time with your family. You need to go have some great feast. You need to dance a little bit and you need to, to get some good clothes. You need to bathe in water, take care of yourself. And Gilgamesh, he receives this with disappointment. What's interesting to me is the same list Solomon receives, and Solomon, Gilgamesh wants to live the epic life, and he's disappointed with the mundane. Solomon lives the epic life, and he just simply wants the mundane, the simple things of life. It's fascinating to see what the the man who has everything really wants out of life. Second thing I would tell you about 
your epic bucket list is this. Start living now. Start living now. This is what verse 11 says. Again, I saw that under the sun, the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to the intelligent, nor favor to those with knowledge, but time and chance happen to them all. For the man does not know his time, like fish that are taken from an evil net and like birds that are caught in a snare. So are the children of man are snared at an evil time when it suddenly falls upon them. It's for a limited time only. You do not have forever to hang out with your friends and family. You do not have forever to take care of yourself. You do not have forever to enjoy your wife, your children, your parents, all of these people in these relationships. This is the time for you to start this bucket list. This is the time for you to be not just thankful, but to actually invest in the time and the memories because that ultimately is what this gift has been given for us. Solomon, he does everything he could possibly do, and that's what he finds in his bucket list. My number one hope for you, if you're watching this, it's not that you get some new thing in your bucket list and you think this is how I'm gonna have an exciting life, it's this. I hope you get a sense of urgency to enjoy every moment of life. That is what God has given us as a gift, Enjoy the meaning in the mundane. Enjoy the meaning in just having lunch with your father. Enjoy the, the meaning in just playing with your kids on the ground and, and not having any device on for a moment. Enjoy going on a date with your wife. Enjoy hanging out on a patio with your friends and just enjoying a good drink and some good, Dr. Pepper, of course, enjoying a good meal. That's what I want for you is a sense of urgency of, you know what? I'm not going to put it off. I'm going to mend these relationships. I'm going to focus on living this epic life, not by the things that I'm going to accomplish, but by the people I'm going to be with. You know, you can see in this, in Solomon's bucket list, I just noticed this, this isn't even in my notes, that we talk about uh, the connected life. In fact, we even have a sign of it. And we talk about three great relationships, God, ourselves, and others. And you notice that's all in this chapter. You have being, when you're in the hand of God, he says you can, you can enjoy yourself. You can take care of yourself and you can spend your time with friends. You can enjoy that. That is the meaning, these relationships. Last thing is this. Third thing to an epic um, bucket list. This is straight from the text uh, and it is as 2020 as you can get. Is you don't have to post it. You don't have to post your, that's right. You don't have to post it. You don't have to gram it. You don't have to TikTok it. You don't have to Snapchat it or chat it <laughs> or chat it. I'm hip. I can't help it. Y'all know this. I'm cool. I can't help it. My son right now, is, he's running audio. He's probably going to pull down my, my, every time I try to get cool, I worry he's just going to pull down my audio. So Clayton, thank you for not doing that. Here's what verse 13 says. I've seen an example of wisdom under the sun, and it seemed great to me. There was the little city with few men in it, and a great king came against it and besieged it, and building great siege works against it. But there was found in it a poor, wise man, and by his wisdom uh, delivered the city. Yet no one remembered the poor man. Now, we hear this story, and our... our um, the first response is, is well, that's not fair. I kind of wish the poor man would get some credit for this. They should know that poor man. They should remember it. Maybe put a statue. Remember it. But look what he says. He says, but I say wisdom is better than might. Though the poor man's wisdom is despised and words are not heard. The words of the wise in quiet 
are better than the shouting of the ruler among fools. Wisdom is better than the weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. Listen, he says, you don't have to grammy. You don't, whatever your life, whatever you're doing, if you're living a wise life and you're enjoying the small things and you're living this life, you don't have to post it. A good life is not a grammed life. I feel like I'm trying too hard, but, but that is just the case. You know what, I'm gonna uh, pull back the curtain a little bit. This past week, I, I went and I probably had the nicest uh, meal, the most expensive meal with my wife I've ever had. It was our anniversary and I didn't gram it. I didn't uh, post it. In fact, some of you probably don't even know that this happened unless I'm telling you. And here's the thing is even though you haven't seen a picture of the steak that I ate, which was 22 ounces, even though you haven't seen that, it still happened. It did. The, the age-old question, if, it, if you didn't post it, did it happen? It did happen. I took my, my daughter and before school on Friday, and we went and had donuts, and I just had a great six-year-old conversation, and it was so much fun. And it happened, even though I didn't put it on Facebook. I didn't put it on social media. You know what? On, on Tuesday, perfect weather. I told you I was going to be perfect weather last week. I went out and I worked just outside. I sat on my patio and it was such a beautiful day. My wife, she read a book right next to me and we had a great day. Kids were at school and it was a great time. I didn't post it at all and it still happened. It happened and it was awesome. This was a great week, okay? I'm telling you right now, I want my journals full and my feet empty. I would much rather live a life that was meaningful and fulfilling because I was with people I loved, doing things that I loved, rather than trying to make my life look awesome. You know what? The tension in all this is, is very simple. Instead of trying to live an awesome life by doing great things and, and experiencing the best things, just simply understand it is not about good or bad. It's not about awesome and not awesome. It is about life or death. If you are alive, you have meaning packed into your life. But most of us will never get the, the, the enjoyment out of this because we're never ever gonna be able to, to just know that we are in the hand of God. And that's the key to this whole passage. It starts off in the first verse. If you are in the hand of God, his deeds are, your deeds are in his hands. Now I wanna tell you, Jesus made us some promises. If you're worried about the life here on earth, he made us some promises. In John 10, 10, I have the easy to read version. This is what it says. It says, I came to give life, life that is full and good. You realize that when you are in Christ's hands, when you live a life that is honoring to Christ, that you don't just get life abundant in the afterlife, you get it right now. He says, you know what, I've come so that you can have a great life right now. Paul says it like this. In Ephesians, Paul says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. You need to realize when we put our life in Christ, our, our, our life is a life where we can enjoy the moments because we know we don't have to be good enough for God. We don't have to, to go out and think, was, you know, was, was I enough today? Instead, when we're in Christ, we can, we can awaken and we can simply say, you know what? Every single moment had meaning. But it's even better than that because all of us someday are gonna be put in the ground here. That's just the truth. And then we're gonna be just like Solomon. We're gonna be a bunch of dead lions and, and it's gonna be no better than the living dogs. And they're gonna be good people and, and they're gonna be bad people and they're gonna be buried right next to us. No matter how they live their life, we're all going to the same place. But Jesus also gave us a, um, a, a lot of wisdom in this. This is what Jesus says. This is in John 11, 25. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, 
Though he die, yet he shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? You know, the answer was that, that he, he was given when he asked that question was, yes, I believe. You see, you and I have the same opportunity to ask ourselves this question. Do I believe that Jesus Christ really did um, live a perfect life, die on the cross for my sins, and then rise to a new life? Because if I believe that, he's made us a promise. If we'll put our trust in him, if we'll put our life in him, then we too will, will live an everlasting life. And we can have a bucket list that will extend in to eternity. So this is my hope for you. Whatever this year has meant to you and whatever struggles you're facing, understand you are smack dab in the middle of your bucket list. Today, you have the opportunity to have a great meal with friends. You have the great opportunity to spend some time for yourself and just enjoy, enjoy the freedom God has given you. Y'all, let's pray. Lord, in this moment right now, I pray for those that have been struggling, maybe with apathy or burnt, being burned out. Maybe they feel like their deeds haven't been seen and if they, they've done a lot of hard work uh, at work or at school and no one seems to notice. It seems kind of pointless. Lord, I pray that instead of working so that others can see, working so that we can feel like we're accomplishing something, I pray that you'll open our eyes to the fact that it's not about what we accomplish. Instead, it's simply about being in your hands. So Lord, I pray that our bucket list will change. I pray, Lord, that we will enjoy the simple gift of life that you have given us that is packed with meaning. And rather than thinking that there's some elusive thing I've got to accomplish, Lord, I simply hope that all of us today will go out and enjoy time with the people you've put around us, enjoy our relationship with you, and know that every moment has meaning because of Jesus Christ. So Lord, we repent of our apathy. We hope that you will, will come in and by your Holy Spirit, the power of God will give us a new look at life this week. And those of us that right now um, feel discouraged, feel as if, you know what, it's just not enough, Lord. I pray that we will lean into our relationship with you. And Lord, I pray that we will, not, we will figure out it is not about us. We are not enough, but you are. So Lord, let us live a life worthy of the gift that you have given us. Lord, we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.